Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. each other enough and I'm going to start in Genesis and end in Revelation so I thought man if 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 brother Cord in spirit form if he could let anybody <laughs> if he could let anybody know it he'd be saying see I told you so <laughs> oh, I will never forget him I promise you so anyway I'm not joking I literally, I literally want to start in Genesis but I want to develop a thought from this, though. Uh, Genesis two fifteen. I want to read at. Uh, I want to read fifteen and Genesis two fifteen and sixteen. But what I want to address is this. I'll just read first fifteen and sixteen. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord and in the Lord God commanded the man saying of the tree of knowledge of uh, of the tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat now if we could stop there everything would be fine I think we all could agree they're in paradise they have been put in there everything they needed was provided literally there they are in paradise everything they need they want they've been given a job they've been given responsibility all you have to do if you're hungry you don't have to plant. It's already provided. All you have to do is just go and pick it and eat. Everything. God made them so all they had to do basically was just tend to the garden, whatever that was required. You know, they didn't have thorns and thistles like we have today. So I don't know what it, what it required. I'm sure it didn't require a whole lot. Just enough, as we would say, I guess, to keep them busy. But this I know that God said, you can take and eat of the tree of life. So they're doing it. And like I say, if you could stop there. Here is where I cross with people that says we're under grace. And baby, just run with it. You don't have to do nothing. It's the principle God has established. Okay, now, when you take and read... But he says, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat of it, thou shalt surely die. Okay, everything is great. I got everything I need. Everything is provided for me. But I have a responsibility. And God said, with that responsibility comes to your physical self. The day you take your physical hand and put upon that physical fruit and consume it, you quit being a provider, which I've called you to be, and you become a consumer. And God said, that's where it all goes wrong. So this saying that 
man has to do nothing with no responsibilities. It's all under grace. It's you know we say it we say it like this. Boy, has it ever been an all about me generation? It started here. It literally started here because that's where the enemy tricked Eve and Adam because it was just said, you know, God hadn't really gave you everything. He has withheld you. God made Adam and Eve to be a provider for the human race. But if you look at that spiritually, he made them to provide literally. And then he, Satan tricked them. And all you've got to do is that one little tree that he's withheld of you, that is the one that you need. You know, it's like you've got 99 perfect trees over here that will desire every craving that you need. I don't believe there was nothing. I don't believe there was no craving in them that they could not satisfy, that they could not get. Then all of a sudden, Satan tells them, you need that one tree that you can't get. And God gave them the responsibility. That is the tree that you're not to bother. Do not touch it. You have a responsibility not to touch it. They was in paradise. I think we all could agree with that. They're in paradise, but they have a responsibility physically. In their body, do not touch this fruit. For the day you touch it is the day you're going to die. And I believe that. So the Bible backs it up on this. So they take everything. Everything we say, you know, literally, this me generation, it's all about me. Literally, I want to consume. I want to consume. If I don't like my wife, I don't care if I've been married to her for 30 years. I'll get rid of her and get another because it's all about me. It's been here since Eve and Adam. It ain't just started. It's always been here. So they took and they looked at this and Adam and Eve. And that's what I'm saying. God has always put a responsibility upon his people. It has never been, do what you want, there are no restrictions is what I'm trying to get at. Since the beginning of time, God has put restrictions on his people. Because if ever there was a time that God said, you're free to do what you want, this is where it would have been. He just created man with his own hands, formed him of the dust of the ground, put him in the garden, and just said, fine. You are free to do what you want. But he didn't. He gave them one exception. Do not, do not eat of this tree. It has never, never, never been. And the message we are preached to today, it just says, baby, do what you want. God paid the price. It's all under grace. You can go with it, run with it. It's... It's never, it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. So the enemy, what he got them, I don't want to put it all on her. What the enemy got them to do is turn it inward. And that's what happens with us at church a lot. It's just things go wrong. If we get crossed up with somebody, we're just people. I don't care if we're saints. Or you don't, it doesn't matter who we are. We get crossed up. And if the enemy can get us to turn it inward, then he's got us. Pure and simple. It doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been in church. If you ever turn it in, then you turn it inward and then all of a sudden, I can't believe they've done that to me. To me. Me of all people. Well, what makes me any better than anybody else? 
I am of no better than anybody else. I got to be man enough to realize that God loves you just as much as he loves me. And the church ain't all about me. It's about the body. And what he got them to do is turn it inward, inward to them. It's just God has withheld from you, which God has not withheld. I fully believe that every desire they had when it come to their physical body was met in the garden. I don't believe this one tree, when, when she ate of it, I don't believe it was not. It's like, man, that is what I've been waiting on. I don't believe that for a minute. I believe as soon as she ate of that, it was like I, I knew I've messed up. I knew I shouldn't have ate that. But the damage was done. The damage was done. Now, they did this. Now, that's my point. My first point I want to establish. There has never been a time that God's saints has had free will. Just run, run, run. It is not in the Bible. There is restrictions placed, and they are for a purpose. God said, you eat of it, that is the day you die. So we see this. I believe I'm clear. I believe you agree with me. God said, don't do this. They did it, and they died. So now, I want to go to Luke 4, Luke chapter 4, and I want to read, let's read Luke 4. 16, this is when Jesus was actually makes the declaration. But believe it or not, he's a Nazareth, and they actually, actually rejected him after he makes this profound statement. 16, and we'll read, uh, let me see, 16 through 21. And when he came to Nazareth there where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue, and on the Sabbath day he stood up to read and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. I'm going to try not to read this too fast. I want you to listen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that was in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, he's in Nazareth. He goes in there. In the synagogue, as the custom was, however, he got the, 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 here it says book, but he got the scroll, and he takes, and he begins to read. And I don't know how, I don't know how it played out, but all he's, all he's saying is, my servant Isaiah, 700 years ago, told y'all that I was coming, told you the lamb was going to come. And he prophesied of me. And this is what he said. So 18 and 19. Now, I see churches. I'm not much of a, I'm not, a, I was going to say I'm not much of a media, I'm, I'm no media person. I'll put it that way. 
But I'm telling you, I will throw this out for what it's worth. I see people, and I'm not talking about doctrine. I see people put like what their church is and what their church does or their doctrine or who they are. I'm saying for us, our mission, 18 and 19, is who we are. And if we're not doing it, we're not the church. I'm not trying to slap you. I'm telling you, God stood up. He read this. This is who we are. And the, where the Bible says, and he closed the book and gave it again to the minister, where the Bible says, and he closed the book, we vision that like an American. He closed the book. He didn't close the book. He took the scroll and rolled it up. That's only one time in the Bible, one time where Jesus closed a scroll. And I'm saying he sealed them promises. There ain't no devil in hell can break these promises. They are sealed. When he quoted this, what was Isaiah prophesied, that's why I'm saying this is who we are. This is our mission. That's why I'm saying, Bobby, don't never quit preaching what you're preaching. We need more like you that stand up and say this is who we are. We can't forget it. This is who we are. We have got to take this message when he said to preach this to everyone. This is who we are. So he is telling them he took in this very day. And he said, when Jesus stood up, he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This very day. And then he hands it back to the minister. And, you know, Brother Boyd says, and makes a comment like, you know, um, he, he's never took it back. But literally, what the Lord did, I, I agree with that. But the only thing I'll add to that is when he took the scroll and rolled it up, I'm saying God sealed this. Nothing can change it. Only our unbelief can change it. But this, if we say we're apostolic Pentecostal, this is who we are. This is our benchmark. This is what can happen if you pray for one and it don't happen, grease your hands with anointing oil and go to the next one because God is God and he will not go back on his word. So he said, this is fulfilled in your ears. This day, this day, this will come. And he said, right now, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. From right now on, God said, you've waited all this time. This day, this has come to pass. So he's telling them pure and simple, today, today it has come to pass. He said, he sent me, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Best as I can tell, that literally means the poor. Anybody, nobody is immune from this gospel. He said, he talked to heal the brokenhearted and he said to preach deliver it to the captives. Something that's always intrigued me, if it's only in the Bible one time, that does. To preach deliverance to the captives, that's only in the Bible one time. To preach to the captives, those that are captive. Recovering of sight to the blind, that's only in the Bible one time here. And then he said, to set at liberty them that are bruised, it's only in the Bible one time. He did three different phrases that's only recorded one time in the Bible and what he designated his church to do. And that's why he said, this is my church. This is what they're going to have the ability to do, all they have to do. So when he took and handed it back to the preacher, 
And as Brother Boyd said, he hadn't took it back, but only thing, I'm a little bit more cruder than him. All I'm saying is he handed it to the minister. He said, now what you going to do with it? You have my authority. Just like the Garden of Eden, everything has been provided. Nothing has been with, with, uh, withheld. Everything we need to make these two scriptures work has been provided. Everything, nothing has been withheld. Nothing, nothing has been withheld. It can happen now. When the Lord took, and in Matthew, when he's taken Matthew 16 and 18, he said, um, he say, I, he's speaking to Peter. He said, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Upon the rock of revelation, I've always said and still believe with all of my heart that the Godhead is the beginning of knowledge when it comes to this doctrine. Upon this rock, the word church in that, I've told you before, it's the first time it's used in Scripture. Never was a church used the word church, but here, God said when, when Peter says, I know who you are. Your flesh is the Son of God. That flesh is the Son of God. God said, okay, I'll build my church on that revelation. You know who I am. And then he said, the gates of hell. So the gates, when you, you've got to think ancient. So when the, the, what the gates was, all the business, all the big shots conducted their business at the gates. That's why God said the gates of hell. Let hell dump out everything it has. The gates of hell will not overtake my church. We have the strength. We have God's word. He said my church will, uh, will not be prevailed against the gates of hell. They will not overcome it. God said it won't happen. It will not happen. Now, he took, he did this. He said this. He took. These promises are sealed. These promises are sealed. Now, in Hebrews eleven thirteen, in the faith, it says it like this. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and was persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, these all died in faith faith and then the next phrase not having received the promises they all died in faith not having speaking of Abraham Abraham's time and then it says but having seen them afar off and was persuaded of them I just think when I read this particular verse what I think about is the mothers in Egypt that died and telling their sons don't you let this die with you. God has promised us a deliverer. He is coming back to get us. And if you die before God sends us a deliverer, you instill this message into him. And that's just like us. If they plan us before God comes, we can't let this die. We're living in a world now like we thought we would never see. If they think we're crazy, They need to look in the mirror. But I'm telling you, they all died in faith, not even having received the promises. But yet, they was persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims. 
they had the nerve to say, this, is, this world is not my home. Hey, my mailbox is not here. My residence is in heaven. This earth is not my home. This is just a temporary dwelling, and I am not making plans to stay here. And so then they took and they did this. So God is going to send someone to get us. So he still is. Now, I'll end up in Revelation. Now, in the fifth chapter, we talk about the seal book. I believe God literally, I'm not just spouting, I believe that. I believe when God rolled the, the scroll, from what I've read, the scrolls, I know I'm doing this in reverse, but um, the scroll, most of them, the ancient scrolls is like three inches. If you hold them with your left hand and pull it with your right, like for instance, the book of Revelation the scroll would be about 15 foot long. So when the Lord took the scroll and rolled it, rolled it back up, and symbolically, that's why I said, I believed he sealed them promises that we have. And I believe nobody can change that. So when you go to Revelation 5, and it talks about, I'll read Revelation 5, 1 through 7, but let me just, let me just leave something here. I know you've heard a lot about the right hand of God and about where the Bible speaks a lot about the right hand, the right side, and God said it, with my own right arm I brought salvation. But here it speaks of the right hand. But this I know for sure. Moses, in his farewell address, told Israel it was with the right hand of God that God gave him the tablets. That's Bible. So, I've read in tradition where the Jewish would only give the law with their right hand and you had to receive it with your right hand. And I could believe that because the way the Bible speaks so much of the right hand of God, speaking of authority and power, position. But this is where um, Revelation 5.1 and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book, to loose the seals thereof? No man in heaven nor in the earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book neither to look thereon. One of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits sent forth from God into all the earth. Now, One's telling us about the throne. The book is in the right hand. And what is really puzzling, a lot of speculation, is where it talks, talks about the scroll being written within and without. Scrolls in ancient times was only written on one side. But the Bible makes mention here that it was written on both sides. So 
I mean, I, I just don't know. A lot of people just don't know. And it's just speculation. Whether it is just an abundant supply of information or it was complete information, I just don't know. I just don't have an answer for that. But I, all I do know is the Bible says the scroll was written on both sides. So he sees that, that in this vision, God has it. It is sealed with seven seals. Now, on the seven seals, Roman law would seal something with seven seals, take seven individuals, and uh, each seal had an individual to, to go by. Okay, God don't need that. God said, when I could find nobody greater, I swear by myself. This is sealed with seven seals, but it only needs one to break the seven seals. Okay, so he goes, he said, who is worthy? He's looking for a man to break the seals. No man in heaven. And John was weeping and for because no man was found worthy to open and read the seals. And it's like the angel tells him the same one that stood and said, this day this scripture is fulfilled in your ears as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world is worthy to break these seals. So he takes, he said, he is of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and the loose of seven seals. And then listen how it phrases this. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God in all the earth. The lamb was the center. It was the center of what was going on. Now, how this plays out, the Trinitarians say this is the dual role. I don't believe that. Naturally, I don't believe that. This is a vision that John is seeing. He sees the Bible says it's a lamb as it had been slain. He takes the book, the Bible says, out of the right hand. And so here he has the authority to take the book, the lamb. But my point is this. The one that rolled that scrolled up that day and gave it to the minister, nobody, nobody, no angel, no demon, no one has the authority to break these seals only than God himself. And God himself robed himself in flesh and became the lamb. So the lamb is the one that had the authority to break these seals. That's why I say that he took this, this. He took, he did this. That's why I say we are so privileged. Church is not a social club. We're social people. Some maybe a little more than others. But we're social creatures. But that is not our purpose. Our purpose is Luke 4, 18 and 19. That is our mission. And if we go and we come to church and we just go through the motions and go home and nothing ever happens, then we got to stop and ask ourselves, where am I going wrong? God sealed this. It is a way for us to live. I know, I know life happens. It happens to all of us. But I'm telling you, just as God gave Adam and Eve everything they needed, God has given the church 
everything they needed. The enemy fights us day by day. We have family. We have situations that we fight. But do not stress in this. Spiritually, we have everything we need. That is our safety net. I don't have to wonder if God is going to help me, if God has my best for me. When I kneel my knees and pray unto God, and I'm in a situation, I don't have to, well, God, are you going to help me or not? It's a done deal. It's already made. God has our best interest at heart. So that's why I said we have got to live with what God has given us. And he said, I have given you this mission. I have given you. And he said, what is so good about our God? He said, I've even given you the faith. He's dealt to every man the measure of faith. So you need faith? God's already given you the faith. Don't let the world squeeze that out. God has already given us the faith to believe his word. So that's what makes it so great. He's given us everything. And do not, all I'm saying, do not get caught up in the world in this message that just says you can do anything you want, how you want. Since the beginning of time, I don't see that in Scripture. Because I'm telling you, if I believe if God ever was going to do it, he would have did it in Genesis when he had just created. Because they didn't have no sin at that time. So if he was going to cut them loose, it would have been then. And then he put a restriction on them. That tree there? Don't put that fruit in your mouth. So now, after he came, and just read the account of Calvary and the suffering and the agony God went through. And for me to say, you know what? I can act, do, say whatever I want, and it's covered. I'm almost afraid to even think that, much less do that. Because God is so good to us and kind because we are his church. We are his beloved. He's given us everything. And just, I'll leave you with this. Believe this. I fully believe everything they needed to satisfy them physically, Adam and Eve in the garden was given to them. Everything we need spiritually to see what we want to see as a church, we can see. Let's don't let life get in the way because it's just, it's just humanity and it's going to try and sometimes it's going to do it. But don't get to the point that we beat ourselves down and, and, and think, you know, I can't do this. We can do this. Because God has made it possible for us to do this. This promise was sealed. Nothing can change it. Nothing can change it. Nothing can change it. And it is his word and it will not go back. Hallelujah. God bless you. Let's stand. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, 
please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.